Greetings, Sci-Fi Universe. Owen Cotter here. Join me, your host, as we discuss all things geek chic and out of this world on Sci-Fiction Radio, your galactic transmission portal to all things science fiction and beyond. In this episode, I will be interviewing science fiction enthusiast Jason Jeter. Hold tight while Jason joins the show shortly. Jason, you there? I'm here. How you doing, Owen? Doing pretty good. Welcome to the show, man. How are things with you tonight? Splendid, man. This splendid. How are you? Nice. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Well, let's get everything started here. I just wanted to... Now, for the listeners, you're Jason Jeter, and uh, you're a science fiction enthusiast. You have a vast knowledge spanning a multitude of arenas in the geek realm, including comics. Curious, I was pertaining to the comic arena. What are your thoughts on the recent X-Men Days of Future Past them? Can you elaborate on your thoughts on that? I was very, very satisfied in the restored timeline uh, when Wolverine woke up the second time in 2023. I really enjoyed seeing people like Jean Grey and Cyclops alive, and it really buried any disappointment I had in uh, The Last Stand, and it really did make way for the prequels, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Apocalypse for the next sequel. As the director stated, this film was more of a time travel, as the next one's supposed to be more of a disaster, and it's set in 1983. But uh, I did like the idea, and it's been, I've I've actually read how people in the mental health community were actually uh, inspired by how Professor X was able the younger version was able to cope with his uh, addiction his mm-hmm. addiction to using the serum that made him walk but suppressed his powers of course that helped him out a bit uh, thankfully to a time traveling Wolverine uh, on the other hand Magneto just as the future version wrapping up that timeline makes peace with his former enemy the one in the past decided to go back to his psychotic manipulative ways and it's to be continued mm-hmm. for Mystique, but there will be a standalone feature coming soon that will feature her new life without Magneto. Oh, really? So I'm really looking forward to the sequel as I have been this whole film, and this is the one I really want to, wouldn't mind watching over and over again, especially the song by Roberta Black, or Flack, actually, called The First Time I Saw Your Face. As Stone the Wolverine hears when he wakes up in 73, and then again when he wakes up in the restored future. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it really is a peaceful song. It really does match with the restoration of the time uh, when he sees the face of Jean Grey, of course. So, yeah, that is really my take on the new X-Men movie. I have to say the... Uh, the choice of having Michael Fassbender play Magneto was was uh, perfect. Seeing him with the stadium and then much more material. Uh, seeing Brian Singer return to this film. And then he went back about eight, maybe nine years ago when he turned down the role to do Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a really different, much more of the actual Phoenix stories from the comics. Famke Jansen's character, Jean Grey, but uh, unfortunately, Brett Ratner, who directed the Rush Hour films and was originally supposed to direct Superman Returns, had traded places with Singer, and he went ahead and 
messed up that storyline. And uh, thankfully, through a couple of screw-ups, <laughs> Brian Singer was able to bring back all the colors with his writing staff. And, and for the first time ever, and then superhero franchise, do a Godfather 2-like treatment of swaying back and forth. Right. And uh, one thing I wish was done correctly was the one writer who self-admitted that he regretted not showing the scenes with Rogue, which were 10 minutes. I'm not oh. talking about the one scene in the restored future. It was mm. the one scenes that, uh, for example, before going to Moscow or wherever they were in the monastery, um, mm. Professor Magneto and Iceman rescue her from the Xavier Mansion. And then later on in the film, it, uh, she's actually standing behind Shadowcat as Shadowcat is uh, keeping Wolverine still. And when he slashes her, the only way she's able to gain a hold over Wolverine for his time travel efforts is through Rogue absorbing the, the pain from her. Which I'm not sure if when that last Sentinel busts in through the defenses, there was only Professor Magneto, assuming he had not passed away yet, Shadow Cat, mm-hmm. Unconscious Wolverine, and we don't know if Frog was in that room at the moment or if she has perished. Regardless, the DVD Blu-ray version will feature those 10 minutes that were cut from the film. And mainly it would be a studio's call, but it could have been either or, but definitely that one writer in the film, I think Simon Kimberg, being responsible for that uh, issue, which did disappoint fans, but here's the very outstanding uh, outcomes for the film itself. Not only did it pave way for 10 more films, and there's even a hopeful gesture for a, not technically a buyout from Disney, which would have been great in the first place, where Magneto would share to, and not confuse fans with the upcoming Avengers films, but it would have been awesome, or will be awesome, whenever they do like a share crossover within the whole Marvel Universe because people like you, Jetman, many other, the younger cast as well, have stated that mainly the uh, X-Men would literally, excuse my French, kick the Avengers' ass. And I can see that to the point of Hulk or Thor. But uh, it's true if you look at how everybody was strenuously uh, tough in the Sentinel-rated world and uh, and as far as bringing in those new mutants, one more thing about that, the ones like Bishop and Sunspot, they did an outstanding job, but you have to look at that uh, before this film came out, there were talks about doing a new mutants movie, which is based on the 1983-84 story where a professor did uh, recruit a, a team of mutants that were an offspring of the X-Men. And they were eventually right. adopted by Cable into the X-Force. And that is one film series that is coming soon. And uh, there's no confirmation yet is when it's going to be released. But the greatest outcome benefits this movie has made is that it has become the highest grossing movie of the year with $725 million worldwide. Uh, it has surpassed Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Amazing Spider-Man 3. It's unclear why not the new Transformers will ever catch up to it. It's always a possibility for if any other movie will make it. But so far, it literally did to see the... Uh, the statement of being the number one most anticipated movie of the year. And I agree with it. It is actually the best 
reviewed film in the series best so far, and even though we have to wait till 2016 to see a sequel, I would say this was great to see this whole movie play out and do a better way of rebooting the franchise. Much, much better than J.J. Abrams to Star Trek, not really downing completely his version, just uh, the same for the fact that he could have actually brought in the cast from Next Generation if he thought about it, but instead left it in a... Uh, actually, his writers left it in that novel part. But Brian right. Singer is a big X-Men... I'm sorry, big Star Trek fan, and he did cameo on Star Trek Nemesis, and he did use aspects from Star Trek II Rathacon at for the end of X-Men 2 for Jean Grey's sacrifice, mm-hmm. the mirror Spock. And he right. actually based an X-Men jet in the new movie on the Klingon Bird of Prey, as well as throwing in an episode from original Star Trek. Uh, um, you would have to guess whatever episode it would be involving time travel for the Enterprise crew doing a slingshot effect, whether it was Return Tomorrow or or any other episodes that would have featured them doing a slingshot in the original series. Right. Well, including and the fourth before, movie as well. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that's... Speaking of that actual time, it was pretty awesome. I mean, that's the second time that Marvel literally acknowledged Star Trek. Um, um, if you look back at Captain America Winter Soldier, there's a to-do list. And he mm-hmm. has met, marked down Star Wars and Star Trek, but he already marked through Star Wars, showing that he had already apparently seen it. So it's mm-hmm. awesome that Star Trek is still in the, is, is a written or, or a television series. It's ironic too because Patrick Stewart. This was not his first time dealing with a storyline like this. Uh, actually, this film was also inspired not only by the original comic in the uh, 1990s anime series. It was also inspired for Patrick Stewart's uh, performance in Yesterday's Enterprise, which was in the third season of Star Trek: Next Generation. And if you look at that alternate future, which would soon be no more. Everything was on the brink of doom. You know, uh, the Federation was on the brink of surrender, and the Enterprise, everybody basically died. And uh, just in time to save the day, all through the time travel, all through one important event. So Mm. I like the homage. And it really just surprised me for one thing. At first, everybody seeing Wolverine with his claws back, which he lost in the, uh, the Wolverine, were expecting an alternate timeline happening probably by a sentinel or a mutant from that time. But it didn't right. happen that way. This movie actually was a sequel to all of the films, and all of those are now retconned or in another timeline, and Wolverine is the only survivor mm. in that timeline with a few people knowing about his existence, such as Professor, who got to see a glimpse of that timeline, including his older self. Mystique, mm. who, when Wolverine was underwater and encouraged Trask, Wolverine thoughts were taken and shared to, uh, to Mystique's mind. Mm. And, uh, of course, Beast knew about too and Magneto, but <laughs> we know what Magneto would have done. So I'm really interested right. in knowing, but it's also interesting that, uh, much like in Star Trek, Patrick Stewart is 73, well, he returning 74 on July the 15th, just five days before my grandmother turns her same age. He, uh, in Star Trek, he 
the story Countdown, which takes place twenty three eighty seven, he's eighty two years old. Right. And uh the days of future past and the future story in both the restored and dark version, he and uh basically Manito are basically the same age and they're around ninety years old. So mm-hmm. if you're wondering if there's any more future films containing the uh, original crew, which will be very much awesome, and the possibility of them has not been confirmed yet to be shown in an apocalypse. But mm-hmm. uh, I see how it goes, because everybody knows by now that they're thankful that things are repaired, but they're accepting the fact that the Professor and Magneto will eventually meet their end, mm-hmm. uh, unless there isn't another reboot. Um, that's pretty much all I can say about the new assessment movie is, a mouthful in 14 minutes, but hey, it goes to awesome <laughs> insight with a lot of fans out there who have already seen it. And if you haven't seen it yet, anybody who listens to this memoir, that uh, you definitely need to go not jog, but run to the theater as fast as you can, or you wait till October to see it on DVD and Blu-ray. And uh, I apologize to anyone for any spoilers, but at the same time, it's uh, your own discretion, and this may hopefully help you out if you haven't seen it yet or you have seen it and you're having difficulty with issues such as Rogue's absence and majority of the film. So there you have it with the X-Men, Days of Future Past. Nice. Yeah, that was such a great film. I really enjoyed it myself and everything. Like you said, I think Michael Fassbender does a great Magneto, and uh, the cast really is just you know, like that Brat Radner film. I mean, listen, he's 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 okay director. I know I'm not really fluent on what much of the films he's done. I know I believe he's in Iron Man three, if I'm not correct as well, including the third uh um uh X X Men three United I mean uh at last stand. But uh on another topic, you have several science fiction franchises that are making a comeback. You even mentioned the Star Trek reboots, just curious in including into this new uh, reboot, uh, they have a Star Wars Episode Seven that's coming out, I believe, in late 2015. Uh, what are your thoughts on there being in these Star Wars films, and what would you like to see director J.J. Uh, J. Abrams do with that universe? Well, uh, it's one of the biggest hush-hush deals. Um, mm-hmm. It's really been... I wouldn't know which movie franchise has had the biggest hush-hush ever, but I would say this is one of them. And Kevin Smith, if I remember correctly, from Jay and Son Bob, if you, you know what I'm talking about, one of the another comic book maestro. Hopefully, you get to interview right. him one day. He left the set in tears of joy from how mm-hmm. awesome the movie w- uh, was from the filming. Now there have yeah. been some on and off ideas of how it was, but let me start at the beginning. George Lucas did have this plan as early as the 80s, with the mm-hmm. story actually being set distantly. But after or around the time he did episode three in 2005, he said, that's it. There will be no more after this. Mm-hmm. And the series continued in the novels. And I did read the novels, which were very interesting as a kid. And knew about the Hanso and Leia children, twin children and uh, the future they took and uh, another Death Star mm-hmm. and characters such as Kip Durin and many others that hopefully will make it to the new movie. Right. Because there's many people who are specified for certain roles. But uh, here's what I have to say about that. Uh, well, we didn't know anything until that one day of December, which was the biggest surprise ever when it, we got the news that Disney had bought Star Wars from Lucasfilms. And mm-hmm. we know that you know, eventually they'd probably buy uh, Indiana Jones nets, but 
But given the subject of Star Wars, I have to say they actually made a lot of plans because they were already in the middle. I'm talking about Lucasfilms mm-hmm. were in the middle of uh, releasing all the original and prequel films by year, and they had already done Episode One back in theaters in 3D format and was planning to do each one in that way until the anniversary in 2017. Well, mm-hmm. when this happened. Uh, that project was dropped. Uh, then, of course, the projects that happened and the actual... Uh, I really wasn't really a fan of the type of graphics they used for the Star Wars anime series, the Clone Wars. But uh, I was impressed by the idea that they would actually bring the original cast back. And mm-hmm. everybody has to realize that just, just because Harrison Ford is in his 70s, doesn't mean he's a feral man. Of course, he did break his leg. God bless him. He recovers. You know, it's stuff that can happen on the set. But uh, right. and it's also been rumored that his character will die. But wow, it'll be very interesting to see what will happen because they first said maybe nothing from the book series, which has been canon, unlike Star Trek book series, mm-hmm. um, that they'll actually lead up to. You know what happened, because every now and then I'll go into a, a place at Walmart and look in the book section, and when I see a Star Wars novel, I, I would uh, see how far they've gone, and the last time I checked was two years ago. Mm-hmm. They had reached about 35, 40 years, as the film intended, but uh, I haven't recalled seeing any of the books since then, but mm-hmm. uh, with rumors of another television series from Fox Network taking place in between episodes three and four. That's still in the air. And J.J. Abrams actually swore at first that he was fully committed to Star Trek. Mm. But now he's going over to Star Wars, which at that same time, Into Darkness was released. And and you have to say, the movie was outstanding. There was moments where I found myself the only one laughing. The moment... Spock yelled Khan as a lot of the lines were taken from the other timeline. Uh, but at the same time, the movie was very great. Besides the actor who played Khan, I did love to see Peter Weller take another shot at Star Trek as uh, a ruthless admiral. But uh, he was more of the villain than Khan in most cases. But J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams at that time, with the news of him helming Star Wars, it may have been the blame for him, uh, for fans wanting to nullify the Into Darkness as the worst film in a series, which I very much disagree. Uh, one thing I do miss is the actual exploration themes. I hope, I really do hope that they get back to that. I and mean, maybe they can take an Avatar uh, a subplot or or reference or somewhat to bring in some type of inspiration. Of course, mm-hmm. action is needed these days in a lot of films, not Michael Bay-wise. But uh, <laughs> uh, we we know in 2009 I was so impressed about how many of the younger people, especially good-looking ladies in their 20s, uh, were present to see Star Trek. And I did see mm-hmm. Star Trek Nemesis 2002, and it was probably about seven or eight people in the theater. But 2009, when I wanted to go see it, and I recall you were there the same day we were. And it's, uh, of course. Incidentally, I say, but uh, <laughs> there were 
probably um, how, how many people will ever buy filling up every seat? Oh, and, no, uh, the movie actually rocked, and mm-hmm. I think the great enter darkness is not bad. I still rank Final Frontier as the worst of these series. Uh, not entirely bad as well, but uh, when J.J. Abrams made a switch, I guess that's when fans decided to retaliate against his work on the Under Darkness. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was not for everybody. But hopefully, as far as Star Trek, it goes back to something. Uh, it'll be still be interesting to do a universe plot or, or a uh, Klingon Romulan alliance that was only short lived in the other timeline. And I'm probably give fans any, uh, an enjoyable aspect. We don't know if the third film will be a trilogy. The good news is mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams will be still a producer. And Robert Orkey, who has been a long-time Star Trek fan, right, um, has been well enough with the Alex Kurtzman. Uh, he is now the director, and through an interview with friends of mine on Facebook and friends of yours, Michael uh, Denise mm-hmm. Kuda, they literally wanted the story to go back to its original roots that Roddenberry dreamed of, which was right. exploration. And you can think about that when Scotty mentions, uh, Simon Pegg Scotty mentions in Star Trek, uh, besides mm. the other quotes, are you private security or Starfleet? He also mentions, uh, last time I checked, I thought that we were exploration or some some quote like that, but you would remember. Right. To, uh, <laughs> he does yeah, mention I remember, that. I remember that. Um, yeah. Well, nonetheless, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, eventually mm. one day we'll get to a next generation of, and hopefully go in some cameos such as Whoopi Goldberg or Brent Spiner as um, Dr. Soong or mm. or you know, anybody. But this, for now, Star Wars seems to be something that everybody's looking forward to. And right. um, the only question is, I have not seen registered is Billy Dee Williams as Lando Calrissian. Sure, the actor has aged tremendously, but well, now I saw him in the comic television series comedy television series, to make correct that, uh, Scrubs, he will still fit. It'll be awesome right. to see him return as Lando. And he, mm. if, whether it, he has a brief cameo as, uh, the, once again, the best in city, you know, administrator, whatever, it, it's just mm. knowledgeable enough that the film, whether I really do believe it's going to be called The New Republic, mm. uh, Leia, who's no longer a princess, will be a senator of the, that republic. On Solo is just this very aged former captain slash general. Um, mm. We'll love to see the Millennium Falcon do its impressive flybys with the sound effects that goes with it. Uh, mm. C-3PO, R2-D2 have been immortalized as everybody's favorite droids. Um, and of course, Leia... She may not have looked as great, but uh, I think a lot of makeup work and weight loss will help her get down to shape. And uh, If they had done this sooner, I'm pretty sure that they have chosen her sister. I can't remember her name right off that, but her, she has a sister who's in the 40s. I believe her name is right. Jody. She is very gorgeous. But uh, Chewbacca, but I would like to see about... Han and Leia's 
Jason with a C, uh, and Jaina, two twin children. Mm-hmm. One goes to the suicide, which would be uh, Jason, and the other would be Jaina, who is following her uncle Luke. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have to say that his wife, Mara Jade, in the comics was killed by Jason. Mm-hmm. And um, with him being, you know, a Jedi Knight, it will still be interesting to see him in a movie. Um, most everybody, and we know that will be some way possible to either episode 7, 8, or 9 that mm-hmm. another Death Star will be introduced. And I like to see that story where Kit Duran and the Sun Crusher and all those stories were used. Uh, the Death Star, which perished in a uh, black hole. I would have to mm-hmm. say that It'll be very interesting to, for them to borrow material from those stories, whether if, if they no longer exist, and apply it to mm-hmm. this modern story. Um, yes, definitely 7, 8, or 9 have been confirmed, but not confirmed what year they'll be released. This, but right. there is promises of each year a new Star Wars spinoff movie like Yoda or Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, It'll be a comical satire that would probably upset fans of both sides, but if they did a uh, Star Wars Star Trek crossover in a comical way, it would be pretty interesting, <laughs> actually. Like Galaxy Quest, if you say that uh, mm. oh, yeah. in a better way. <laughs> but that's really my call. I mean, that's really all the information anybody really knows on this end of the universe for Star Wars. Right. We're looking forward to it. December 2015 release, mm. uh, and that's not far away at all. So don't be surprised in this month if you start seeing early teaser trailers for the film. Um, mm. It's too big a tenue for that. And as for Star Trek, the third untitled film, be released in 2016, just in time for the 50th anniversary of the franchise. That's right. So you have right. So. Well, we got a little bit of time left. I want to ask you a few more questions. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the Lando thing. I, I believe Billy D. Williams should totally at least make some type of cameo and that, it, it, to be determined on how much of the expanded universe they're going to use from the books and novels and stuff like that. Uh, in recent news, it's been said they're also going to be doing a full reboot of the acclaimed movie Stargate. Now, for many of the fans, Stargate, they will also remember the three television series also comprise this sci-fi universe. In your own words, uh, right quick, can you describe your thoughts on them doing a rebooted version of that movie franchise? And are there any characters perhaps you'd like to see from the television versions that would make an appearance, perhaps? Well, it is brief because I really didn't watch much of the... I've never watched the other uh, spinoffs, which would be, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, Atlanticon Universe, but I did watch SG-1, the earlier ones, mm-hmm. and I was I was impressed by the television series uh, to a certain point, but uh, I was more impressed by the actual film itself. Now there right. were times where, in, in, in the last twenty years since it came out, I I have not really been interested until recently, and uh, I know there's possibly the scenes that they're going to re-add, and and I'll be interested in seeing how they take the characters of Daniel and and the Kurt mm-hmm. Russell's character and. And bringing in this new story because Roland Emmerich, who did the Independence Day film, Universe Soldier, mm-hmm. did an outstanding right. job with the 
the tech stuff, the technologies, the special effects that are immortalized as well till this very day. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they'll do with that, and I definitely will wait to go see it. So, Right. Yeah, I think that's going to be a very interesting thing. To do. I mean, James Spader and Kurt Russell are a little older now. I don't I don't think they'd be able, unless they did some kind of snuck them in in some cameo, to be able to do that. But I'm a total fan of the original Roland Emmerich film from the 90s, and I think it's just a superb piece of cinema. we got a little bit more time left. I have a few quick questions before we have to end the show. News just recently came out also that there's going to be a new version of the Battlestar Galactica uh, movie, uh, a new movie originally that was created by Glenn Larson who also created Knight Rider for fans um, of that show. You have the reimagined universe that they made as well, uh, which is based on a different take, but uh, what are your opinions and the thoughts of a new Battlestar movie? And as a follow-up question right quick, do you, uh, what do you think they should stick with the original 1970s roots or do something a little different? Uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Well, based on, upon, like, for example, Henry, I'm going to use this example real quick uh, to explain that. It's kind of like how some of the old-time fans of Superman were disappointed with the fact that this wasn't a Christopher Reeves-type film. And they literally, the, the filmmakers was literally, costume designers made Henry Cavill wear the original, the exact original Christopher Reeves wore. And uh, in one way, it was a laughable for people of this generation who were upset. And it would have really filled in the box office if he did wear it. And... Uh, a lot of people who have to look at that point have to realize those eras are no longer uh, valid for this point of time, even though they are in, in our memories. And I really mm-hmm. never got to watch much about Star Galactica because I saw more of a combination of Star Wars and Star Trek. But from mm-hmm. what I remember, the original series did have that aptitude of uh, quality for time, like Logan's Run or any mm. uh, any type of sci-fi film in that time. Uh, or read. It may not have been up par to like Planet of the Apes original, but you have to look at also from a Planet of the Apes perspective, too, of rebooting everything, like uh, Rise of the Planet, Dawn of the Apes, and uh, the upcoming mm. Planet of the Apes remake. That sometimes remakes, or even better yet, reboots are much better and the quick difference is remakes is copying things frame to frame or redoing mm-hmm. it or re- and rebooting is like Batman Begins, just showing something fresh, like making a fresh pot of coffee. Um, that's basically <laughs> what, the best way to describe the Battlestar Galactica is if they carried on the cast from the TV series, including the short-lived Caprica, uh, mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of confusion. The same thing would happen if they did that to Sliders Quantum Leap. Because a lot right. of the generation now have not even seen it, and um, mm. but it'll be interesting if they did find a way to build a bridge like J.J. Abrams did with Star Trek. Mm. Um, it, it would be awesome if they did an approach similar to that, and I'm pretty sure that there's a J.J. Abrams out there, another one uh, mm. that will help out bring that together because. I can't think of his name, uh, played on Battlestar, the uh, right. lead officer, the Hispanic actor, but I was talking about, impressed uh, by his performance. You talking about Edward James Olmos? Yes, exactly. I was impressed right. by his performance in Mommy Vice, Lieutenant Castillo. Mm. His, his, Not to his mention so Blade Runner. Attitude. 
Oh, yes, definitely. His attitude is awesome, <laughs> making him an outstanding actor. And if they yeah. bring him over, fine, do it. Uh, they, they did it mm-hmm. to him in James Bond films, and J.K. Right. Simmons wants to come back from Toby McGuire's trilogy, mm-hmm. or Sam Raimi's trilogy mm-hmm. of Spider-Man for J.J. Uh, J.J. Uh, J. J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, J.J. is a lot of J's here. Um <laughs> So uh, it wouldn't hurt to bring in that one person or even Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. Spock, you know, bring in somebody, uh, at least bring it in. And maybe even take, take a little precept from um, the Capitol. That way, mm-hmm. hopefully, they can rebuild the series again. And and this is probably been four years since the series, which lasted at least a season, was canceled. They can always bring it back, Eric Stoltz. I mean, this mm-hmm. got to deal with the ratings. I think if they did a movie reboot in a in a very serious, more mm-hmm. of a way to where Michael Bay doesn't touch it, then we'll be okay. Right. I mean, everybody can go back and watch it all. And I've seen this happen to a lot of reboots in the last mm-hmm. nine years, actually. If you look at it, if reboots, nobody really knew a reboot except for on a computer basis. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. So basically, that's what we're looking at, and for the sci-fi community, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff, topics that anybody can talk about. There's just not much time unless we write a book about it. Or totally. I'd be more than happy to return an interview to discuss furthermore. And if you have any more questions, I'll be glad to answer the little time you have left. Or Oh, yeah. Well, i got a little bit of time left. We totally have to have you back, man, because I've got so many questions that we should talk about and various topics, like you said, pertaining to the sci-fi universe. And in, in the topic of Battlestar, I, I'm looking forward. I just hope they treat it with respect to Glenn Larson's original vision, and I personally think they should go back to some of the original 1970s roots with maybe some cameos from people like Richard Hatch or other various actors. I think that would be very cool. Uh, right quick, we have just a little bit well, – we have a little bit of time before I end the show – I also know you're a big uh, fan of the Aliens franchise. I heard a rumor that they might be doing another Alien film. If this were to happen, what direction would you like to see the producers go with that uh, new film? And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Right quick. Well, people still start from Alien versus Predator. Um, mm-hmm. There were some. It was a love-hate film series that. Uh, could have been actually a lead up to the first film, but I'm talking about the first Alien film. But uh, disappointingly, it didn't go that direction, and I was hoping for more of a uh, more of a the, the modern. I'm talking about the, the future storylines that we saw in Aliens. But right. That's where Aliens vs. Predator really belongs, and uh, it one has not ever been acknowledged if we had not seen the Alien Skull and Predator Two, which people right. and- kind of. Hate, but I really actually like Predator to uh, mm-hmm. Danny Glover and Gary uh, Busey be a part <laughs> of that. But uh, now for Alien, the Alien franchise, I'm one of the many fans who do not consider Alien Three and Resurrection at all. Period. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as far as watching the third film, it is a popcorn film. Where if mm-hmm. you have nothing else to watch, uh, I would prefer you watch the director's cut. 
of Alien 3, the, the director's cut is much better than the theatrical version, but mm. the learning aspects of the fact that David Fincher, the same director of uh, Seven, he directed uh, actually the second director of Alien 3. No, there's not a lost footage version of the other version that was his, but the storyline was originally going to Rennie Harlan, who was well known for directing the best sequel of the uh, Nightmare on Street franchise, the fourth film, Dream Master, as well as Die Hard 2, Die Harder. And, oh, yeah. But his conception was for the film to take place on Earth, was mm. being the end of a real trilogy, one that does not contain the deaths of the characters, but the mm. way that James Cameron threw in the family scene for Ripley, Hicks, and Newt hugging each other after they uh, the face cellular attack was a big right. hint to a uh, future of them being together. And mm. uh, poor Jonesy the cat, I mean, the only survive, true survivor <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> um, I, I was disappointed how, how bad it was in the first minutes of Alien 3 to see Hicks, Bishop, well, later on in the movie for Bishop, and then Newt to die. Uh, even mm-hmm. if she had to be replaced by another actress, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody would understand that uh, hopefully it was taken a little bit longer for the trip home uh, for the actress to be, if the same actress from Aliens had stayed in for her to slowly age. Um, right. But now speaking for a sequel, I would have to go back to Prometheus and say that mm-hmm. Ridley Scott uh, wanted to build a new foundation that acknowledges the same alien universe, but really right. rather than doing the verses, which is something James Cameron was against seeing in the first place, he, mm-hmm. in his own words for Alien vs. Predator, he said, this is not Universal Studios, it's Dracula versus Frankenstein, you know, it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. he, he wanted to do an origin story, and then really Scott was the one who picked it up, and Prometheus when I first saw it, I was typically in a not-so-well mood when I left the theaters. Mainly what fueled it was seeing how the alien xenomorph, when it actually birthed itself from the genetic aspects of the engineer, did not right. really look like itself. And that's one thing that really Scott should have redone. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they... They should have done a screen test and then redid it with... Uh, of course, the alien itself. And, right. But he and James Cameron have been friends for a long, long time, and despite the fact that Cameron didn't have much respect as Scott did when they were filming mm-hmm. in England, however, Cameron did become a perfectionist with filming, and we know he's busy with Avatar sequels. He is mm-hmm. semi-attached to the new Terminator film, mm-hmm. but he is more uh, wanting to get the size uh, Avatar get Prometheus out of the way with Prometheus too. I mean, as mm-hmm. far as being like an uncredited advisor, that's the uh, the rumor so far, but he did say right. many times how he was impressed by Prometheus. Uh, when I look back at Prometheus, a few times I watched, I was more and more impressed. Still mm-hmm. disappointed with that ending, though, but uh, there's always possibilities, as Spock would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, part the movie ended with a cliffhanger 
and we know there's going to be Prometheus 2. It's not official. And mm-hmm. Scott is going to be back to direct it. And it'd be good to see Fassbender back. And even right. though the movie came out in 2012, the movie was filmed before Fassbender had ever played uh, Magneto. So mm-hmm. he made himself as a villain and good guy, sort of like a more of an anti-hero that you would love hate in the movie, love so much mm-hmm. that you would hate or whatever. Uh, rest assured that yeah, I keep calling Elizabeth Sounder from the the actual Swedish version of the Millennium Trilogy, which is the Girl Dragon Tattoo, but Naomi Rapace is how you pronounce her name, who played mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Shaw. She was no Ellen right. Ripley, but she did an outstanding job playing the strong-hearted woman. And the question is, how will they get off the planet? I'm pretty sure that they would have to somehow salvage and wait till somebody else comes around. And there's another extermination that goes on there. Uh, would there mm-hmm. be more of the engineers to wake up? And what I would really want to see this be is, I know Scott wants the films to be more focusing on engineers, but at least get a nod off that one of the engineer ships actually crash lands on the planet that was used in the first two Alien films. Because the planet right. that was used in this film was not LB-426. Right. It was uh, another LB, LB planet. Uh, another LB next door somewhere in there. Yeah. 30, actually, if you look at the actual uh, schematics for the a mass schematics for the uh, distance in light years. It mm. was like 30, 37 light years from Earth. And mm. um, it'll be pretty interesting seeing how they progress because the movie does take place. By the end of the film, which was 2094, it was basically uh, 28 years before the events of the first alien, which took right. place in 2122. So eventually, mm-hmm. regardless, they would have to eventually reach that point because that's the same company. Waylon would have to eventually be, become Waylon Utah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's the background. That's to let us know that there is an attachment somewhere. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, we just have to see more. We, we only we only call a glimpse of the engineer. We didn't have mm-hmm. much screen visit to see the actual giant blue-skinned guy, you know, going a rampage. But uh, mm. there'll be more. There'll be more. There'll be blood, too. So, uh, as far as an alien sequel on its own, I would have to say we need more time. We're going to have to wait to see where Prometheus goes. Uh, mm. If I find more information, I will be happy to go over that the next time we talk or whenever it's available. Well, man, we're running out of time here, so I just wanted to say thank you for being on the show, and uh, for everybody, uh, this is Owen uh, Cotter signing off.